10, verses 22 through 24. Hebrews 10, 22 through 24. It says, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchased of God. Born of his spirit, washed in his blood. This is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Perfect submission, perfect delight. Visions of rapture now burst on my sight. Angels descending bring from above echoes of mercy, whispers of This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day. Perfect submission, all is at rest. I am my Savior and happy and blessed, watching and waiting. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. All right. 
Thank you guys. Am I on here? You hear me? All right. Glad to see you guys this morning. Uh, I missed everybody last week. We had a good time being gone for a few days, but obviously I miss my brothers and sisters in Christ, and I miss being able to worship with you, but uh, thank you guys for letting us take a couple of days away, and you got to listen to Pops and put up with him for a Sunday, so uh, you got to meet my father-in-law if you hadn't met him before, but I appreciate him coming and, and sharing. And So I'm just glad to be here this morning. Let's open with a word of prayer, and then we'll have our welcoming time. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, this morning that we're here, Lord, to worship you. Uh, we've studied your word this morning in Sunday school, and God, we just want to worship you right now as our time of worship. We're, we're going to highlight some of our missions that we're involved with, Lord, and uh, today as we celebrate Mission Sunday and we get some reports and uh, some pictures from our missionaries, and Lord, we, we talk about our personal mission field that we have. All of us, God, you have placed us here for a reason. You have us living where you have us right now for a reason, God, and it's to glorify and praise you. It's to share the truth of who you are. Uh, with the lost and dying world. So Lord, I pray today we take that calling serious on our life and, and what you want us to do uh, with our lives for you. And so Lord, um, we just love you today. I'm thankful to be here. I'm excited to be here, God. In everything, Lord, we love you and we worship you. In your name I pray. Amen. Take a couple of minutes this morning.
the solid rock I stand all other ground is seeking sin all other ground is seeking sin His oath is covenant His blood so the solid rock I stand the solid rock I stand all other ground is sinking sand the ground is sinking sand Christ the solid rock I stand all other ground is sinking sand all other ground is sinking sand Okay, we got several announcements this morning. You may be seated today. Women's Ministry uh, Getaway is April 22nd and 23rd. Here is the sign-up sheet. If you would uh, sign up, ladies, if you're planning on going to this, please let Valerie know, Shalina know. Uh, here's some other women's announcements. The Women of Easter Study is on Thursday nights at 6 p.m. here at the church. Um, let's see, this is the, the getaway that we're talking about is in Joplin, uh, Missouri, and once again, it's April 22nd, 23rd, and then this Friday morning, breakfast, coffee at the Prickly Cactus at 8.30 a.m., 8.30 a.m. this week, so please sign up, uh, we'll pass this around the congregation today, thank you guys. Uh, here's another announcement, church softball team, church softball team starts playing tomorrow night at 5.30 
545 at Rotary Park on A Highway. So come out and cheer for the church softball team. Who do we play tomorrow? We, we play the Assembly of God? Let's get with it, guys. Come on. Come on, Tommy. Tommy's the coach, right? We're blaming the coach if we take a loss, Tommy, okay? No, I'm just teasing. All right. So the church softball tomorrow night. Uh, Sunshine and Daisy's Craft uh, Festival, Grafton Gift Festival, is uh, April 2nd. This is Tammy's. This is from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the MAC. And all of the benefits and proceeds from this are going to Marshfield Freeway. So if you have questions about this, please see Tammy. Tammy, you want to raise your hand and wave at everybody. So please see Tammy uh, on that if you would. Also, here's a prayer update. There's some prayer cards out in the hallway. This is for Hudson. Uh, it says, thank you all for the prayers and support shown to our family. Please join us in prayer this week, Wednesday, 323. Hudson will go to a children's hospital, Labana here. That's what it looks like. I may be saying that wrong. Le what? Okay. Uh, for an inpatient procedure, the Thursday, the 24th, then he's going to have his brain surgery to remove the uh, tumor. So they're gonna, we're going to start praying at 7 a.m. Surgery begins uh, around 8 a.m. So they just want to thank you for that. It's prayers for Hudson, little baby Hudson. We've been talking a lot about him uh, over the last several months and uh, in prayer over that. So keep Hudson in your prayers this week. Also, no men's Bible study tonight because you guys remember Kyle Grosinger, our uh, drummer that was back here. He is being ordained into ministry. He accepted the position at Springfield uh, Freeway West at Golden Avenue Baptist Church. His ordination service is tonight at 6 p.m. So if you would, there won't be any men's Bible study because all the fellows are going to be going to that. We'll be going to that. Uh, so if you would like to join, he wanted to invite everybody. It's at 6 p.m. at Golden Avenue Baptist Church uh, in Springfield. Kyle's ordination service tonight uh, being ordained into ministry. Uh, freeway every Saturday night at 530. It's our evangelistic outreach. One of them of the local church here at the church, 530 for dinner. Come on Wednesday nights also. Wednesday night we have dinner with one another at 6 p.m. And then we have class at 6.45. We have kids, young adults, youth, college, career, the whole nine yards uh, on Wednesday nights. New members class. So maybe you've been attending for a while. You, you want to be a part of this local body uh, of believers. Our new member class is going to start Sunday, April 3rd at 9 a.m. Sunday, April 3rd at 9 a.m. Uh, during Sunday school, me and Max Hartman teach that. It's important. Uh, if you haven't told the congregation publicly that you want to become a member, come forward this morning. Let's visit. I'll meet with you. Uh, but that's going to start Sunday, April 3rd. Young adult out, uh, gathering today after church. They're leaving right after church, right? Right after church, get with Casey. Young adults, college and career, they're going to Ha Ha Tonka in Camdenton. So get with her if you, if you haven't already on that. Uh, I already mentioned the ordination. We've got Easter coming up, which I'm excited about that. It's always a fun time uh, celebrating uh, the resurrection of our Lord Jesus. Our Good Friday service, we're moving it up an hour because we have a wedding at the church the next day. Good Friday service will be at 6 p.m. On, on that Friday, uh, April uh, 15th. So put that down. We have a Good Friday service. And then after that, all the kids have an Easter egg hunt. And then after that, they're going to start getting ready for uh, the wedding on Saturday. That Sunday morning, April 17th, we have sunrise service at 7.30 a.m., ladies. Now, I say ladies because all the fellas are going to be downstairs cooking breakfast. 
So uh, Easter morning, 7.30 a.m., we have sunrise service. We have breakfast at 8 a.m. together on Easter morning. And then we'll still have Sunday school and worship service that morning. So uh, please come to that. Also want to announce this. I sent this out. We're going to have a short business meeting next Sunday after church where we'll pass out church financials, get a report from the building team uh, and all that. So please stay uh, if you can next Sunday uh, for business meeting after the morning service. Anything that I forget, I forget anything this morning on announcements. Today is Mission Sunday. We do this every year. Uh, we have the Gideons are here. I'm going to do a short presentation. Then I'm going to preach a sermon on Mission Sunday. We're going to talk about the missions that our church is involved with and our uh, obligation of our own mission field where we're at uh, right now. So anything else that I forgot before we end our time of worship? Okay, if you would stand this morning, let's pray uh, and bless our morning offering, and then we're going to sing some music, and we'll take up our morning offering. Lord Jesus, again, we just come to you, Lord, uh, thankful to be here today, God, to worship you. And so, Lord, as we enter our time of, of worship, we, we lift our voices in song to you. We give back to you, God. I pray that you'll take this and use it to further your kingdom, not only here locally, but around the world, Lord. Uh, in sharing the truth of who you are. And in all things, God, we give you our best. We love you. We thank you. And we worship you. In your name I pray. Amen. Trust you. Surely goodness. Surely. 
Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are on my side. And even though I walk shadow of death, I will fear no evil, and even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are on my side, surely good.
All right, you may be seated this morning. I'm going to ask on the, if you would turn the red. Is your battery dead in this one? Black one? Okay. I'm going to ask Terry Arndt with the Gideons organization. So the Gideons is something that we support uh, every single year. Uh, it's a faithful organization that he's going to talk to you about that puts scriptures all over the world. He's going to share for a few minutes before we, we jump in about our mission. So thank you, brother, for coming today. Well, it's a pleasure to be here with you this morning. And uh, where's that softball game goes, you better practice hard because our guys have been at it. So <laughs> on uh, Tuesday uh, before Thanksgiving, Myself and seven other U.S. Uh, Gideons were uh, found ourselves in Baki, Cote d'Ivoire, which uh, other name you'd be more familiar with is the Ivory Coast. On this particular Tuesday afternoon, we had, as we pulled up to the uh, school gates there in, in, in Baki, the, uh, several of the local Gideons had already gotten there ahead of us and were handing out uh, testaments. And as we started handing out testaments, one of them asked myself and one of the other U.S. Gideons if we would mind going across the, the schoolyard to the back gate and help distribute there. As I, as I walked across the, uh, the schoolyard there toward the, the back gate, one of the local Gideons was there surrounded by a large group of students uh, distributing these little, these little blue testaments. I walked over to the boxes and filled up my arms and walked over toward this, this group of students, and I was just swarmed. I mean, there, as I stood there handing out these testaments, literally all I could see was a sea of empty hands reaching out for their very own copy of God's Word. We finished up our, our distribution there that day, and, and at one point I walked, we'd ran out at the gate, and I walked back across the, uh, back across the yard to get some more testaments. And as, as I got there, one of the other local Gideons, or, or Gideons had stood there and had a group of students around uh, through an interpreter, because they speak French there, was going through the plan of salvation with a large group of students. And I stood there watching that, and over to, my, to the life along the school, they had stacked up empty boxes that had already been distributed. And I sat there and I counted them, and there was 52 empty boxes, which represents some 5,200 scriptures that had already been distributed at that point. When, when we finished up that afternoon before we headed back to the hotel, you know, it, and I'll, I'll back up just a little bit. And as I saw all these hands there, the Holy Spirit impressed on me is that this is why we do what we do. Why we would, would leave home over Thanksgiving week. Why we would travel thousands of miles, some 40 hours to get to that, that very particular spot so that we can make sure that those students had their very own copy of God's Word. And there was 7,135 of them that afternoon that did at that very school. The, uh, it, there in, uh, in, in Cote, Cote d'Ivoire, the population is some 27 million people. 42% are under the age of 15. Another 42% of the population identifies as Muslim. And one of the things that we discovered there, that these, these Muslim students were very, very open to accepting a copy of, of God's Word. The, uh, today, as, as Pastor already mentioned, I'm, I'm here as a member of the Gideons International. We're a group of Christian business and professional men. 
we're organizing some 200 countries, territories, and possessions around the globe. In, in those 200 countries, we have some 244,000 members, Gideons and Auxiliary members, located in some 12,000 camps, just, just like a camp we have here in Marshfield. These 244,000 people are all members of the local church. We're all out there cooperating in, in, as a missionary outreach of the local church, of this church. And we are positioned to reach a majority of the world's 7.7 million people with a copy of the gospel of, of Jesus Christ. There, going back to, uh, I love that picture. The, uh, there's 28 boxes of testaments on the top of that car, 2,800. I don't know how many is on the inside because you, you can't really see. And as those testaments were going out every morning, those empty boxes is what we counted at the end because every one of those empty boxes represented 100 testaments that had been handed out while we were there. The, uh, the next morning after we had uh, did the, the 7,000 there in, in uh, the Jubo, we, we, we went to another school there in, in uh, uh, close to the hotel. We got there about 6.30. Classes started at 7, and we were kind of milling. A few students were coming in, and somebody hollered, here they come. And I kind of walked out to the end of the street and looked, and there are masses of students coming in. To, to the school, Come up, coming from the left and coming from the right, both sides of the street. And we, we sat there and we, we handed out scriptures about as quick as we could, we could hand them. In fact, I had a, an interpreter with me that morning, and I got to the point I was holding a, a box of scriptures in my, in my arm and, and handing out scriptures, and he was sitting there feeding new t other testaments in there as I was feeding them out. As students would try to slip around to the side of us, he was, he was getting them. And after we went through the 7 and the 8 o'clock classes, and then we, one of the local Gideons came to me and said, listen, we've got a couple more schools down the road. Let's go get those. So we set off with 1,800 scriptures and went down and hit three more schools. And just we were able to go classroom to classroom, in many cases, present the, present the, uh, the Bible, tell them about the helps in the front, encourage them to read the Word, and, and always encourage them to take the test in the back. And if they accepted God's plan of salvation, to sign their name. And that's what you see as those pictures were going through there. Those students who had accepted God's plan of salvation and had was signing the decision page that they had received him as their Lord and Savior. <clears throat> that trip that day, uh, this past Thanksgiving, when, this, when we finished up and had our final team meeting on Saturday morning, we had distributed some 141,496 testaments and hotel Bibles in that city. And, and it just wasn't us eight men, but those local Gideons that were out there that you helped support on a regular basis, all the work and the effort that went forth on their part to, to present God's word to, to, that, to, to their nation. So I thank you for that. Uh, at the end of the service... I'll be at the back with an open Bible if you want to continue to, uh, to give us an offering to support this. The ministry, 100% of what you give goes to purchase and place scriptures around the world. And, and not only around the world, but right here in Marshfield and Webster County. So I thank you from the bottom of my heart for, for your support of this ministry. Pastor. Thank you, brother.
Thank you. So we know, we know, church, that without God's word being taught, without it going out, the gospel doesn't get shared. So that's why this mission is so, so important. So if you would stand with me this morning, let's read God's word together. The second grade and below, if they would like to, uh, can go downstairs to Children's Church. John chapter 7, John chapter 7, verses 10 through 13 this morning, please. John 7, 10 through 13. John 7, 10 through 13. It says this, But after his brothers had gone up to the feast, then he also went up, not publicly, but in private. The Jews were looking for him at the feast and saying, Where is he? And there was much muttering about him among the people. While some said, He is a good man, others said, No, he is leading the people astray. Yet for the fear of the Jews, no one spoke of Uh, spoke openly of him. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, this morning again as we celebrate Missions Sunday and we talk about uh, missions around the world like the Gideons and ones that we're involved with and support uh, nationally, globally, and and locally, God, I I pray that um, this church always is a body that is looking to the outside and not the inside. We're looking to the outside to spread the truth of who you are uh, to evangelize. And Lord, part of that is where you've placed each uh, one of us in our own local mission field right here. So Lord, uh, this morning I pray that uh, we're encouraged, we're, we're, not, uh, we're not fearful of the attacks from Satan and uh, how he wants to make it uncomfortable for us when we share the truth of who you are. But Lord, we, we understand uh, what our purpose is and our mission is to serve you and to share the truth of who you are. And we take that serious, uh, Lord. And so Lord, I, I pray today uh, that you'll bless our time together. And Lord, everything, we love you. We love you in everything. In your name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. So today, like I said, uh, is Mission Sunday. Uh, it's a Sunday that the Gideons, uh, we have the Gideons here, and, and our church financially is going to support them. And I encourage you to do that the same thing as it is they send the gospel. They send Bibles all over the world. If you go and stay at a hotel, you can open up the dresser drawer and there's going to be a Bible in there. Those are placed by the Gideons. There's opportunities also uh, for if a loved one passes away in their honor, you can uh, give money to the Gideons and and they'll donate Bibles in their name. And so it's just scripture is extremely, extremely important. I also want to highlight this morning a couple of other uh, missionaries that, that we talk about and we know about, but this Sunday I really like to highlight them. One is, his name is Adam Cottrell. He is in Thailand. I, I, we have some pictures, I believe, this morning that uh, I had sent to the media team. Hopefully they have them, uh, that they can post some pictures of Adam Cottrell in Thailand. Uh, they are in, in Thailand faithfully serving uh, the Lord Jesus, serving, uh, sharing the gospel around the world. That is one family that uh, we, we support as missionaries here financially every year. Uh, there's another one that's called Austin Baker in School to the Nations. His mission is kind of similar to the Gideons other than what they do is electronic. They take uh, the Jesus film and what they do is they make it into small, oh, I don't know, things that you put, memory cards that go into your cell phone. And they, they take those across the world into countries with unreached people groups. So there's many countries across the world that don't have the gospel freely like we do. And so uh, School to the Nations and Austin Baker, one thing they do is they, ta- they make these evangelism videos and they take them into unreached people groups and distribute them uh, that shows the gospel. He is also involved with the orphanage in Ukraine. 
that you all just supported a few weeks ago. I can, I can say, I think I announced this a couple weeks ago, maybe on Wednesday night, but those orphans in Ukraine uh, made it into Poland, and they are safe at Poland, uh, big in part to, to the financial gift that you all gave to make that happen. So Austin is involved with that. Uh, we also have on a local level, obviously, Marshville Freeway that we very much support is an evangelistic outreach uh, in our local community, headed up by Mike Simons here. Uh, I think Mike has some pictures uh, that, that uh, he sent that we can show. Uh, so as you're looking at those, I can say this morning, these are some of the missions that Crossbridge is involved with right now, uh, sharing the gospel. And I love that. And it's important that we as a corporate body of believers come together and support missions, not only locally, but globally uh, in our country. But let me say that I think there's times, I want to make this personal this morning, because I think there's times whenever we can just join or, or be a part of a local body and we look at overseas missions and we can write a check towards it and we think, okay, that's my mission. I fulfilled my mission. Nah, no, we haven't. That's one very small part. And it's not a small part, but that's one uh, uh, part of missions. But people can kind of hide out in missions almost where, where they think, and I think every brother and sister in here this morning absolutely should be engaged in missions. And you have an opportunity to be engaged in missions. How is that? He is, God has placed you where you are right now for a reason. At your work, maybe at school, wherever you are, at this church for a reason. To share the gospel, to be a missionary for God. And when we walk out these doors, guess what we're doing? We're walking out into a mission field. Now there's one reason, and this is what I want to preach about this morning, and why I tied it in this scripture. There's one reason why people, why, why people will not engage in missions. They won't engage in missions on a local level. They, they get really, really nervous. And guess what that reason is? The number one reason, fear. They're scared. They get scared. We get scared because they think, well, we think, well, I, I don't know enough. How could I have a conversation with somebody if I don't know enough? Or, or they'll laugh at me. Or, I'm just nervous. I don't know enough. And we get all these things and they start running through our mind. And really, guys, a lot hasn't changed since the first century when they were sharing Jesus to now about fear and being scared. In other parts of the world, let me say, when people are sharing the gospel, they have the fear of literal death. That someone is going to kill them if they find out that they are a missionary or, or on missions for, for Christ. Literally, they can be martyred because of it. That doesn't happen here in Marshfield, Missouri. So we, what is our excuse for not sharing the gospel or being engaged in missions? Well, we just worry about what people will think of us. Or we think we don't know enough. When we walk out these doors, we should be a witness for the Lord Jesus. Listen, we should live out our faith. We should absolutely live out our faith with our actions. But we should also speak the words to people. And share the truth with them. Witnessing to someone, evangelizing, is not just living it out. It is opening your mouth and sharing a message. And when we open our mouth and we share the message, what happens? The Holy Spirit then works. The Holy Spirit works in that. Romans 10, 14 and 15 says that. It says, how then will they call on him in whom they believed? And how are they to believe in him whom they've never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? 
How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. How do you know if you're sent? Well, if you're a follower, a believer of the Lord Jesus Christ, then you are sent. Matthew chapter 28, 19 and 20 says that. He commands us to go therefore into all nations. Share the gospel and make disciples. So let me back up for a second. I mean, here's the deal. If I was to ask you today, if you want to share the gospel with somebody, if you want to be engaged in missions right where you're at, I believe that every hand would go up. My prayer would be that every hand would go up. You get a little excited, and then when the big moment comes almost, and when you have that opportunity, sometimes we hunker down in fear, and we don't take advantage of it. It's kind of like that guy who, he gets up in the morning, I've told this before, he gets up in the morning, he says, Lord, give me the opportunity today to share the truth of who you are. And he gets on the bus, and a guy comes in, and he sits down next to him, and he has his head down crying, he says, oh, I just don't know what I'm going to do with my life. And our missionary says, Lord, give me the opportunity today to share the truth of who you are with somebody. And the, the burly man starts crying. He says, Lord, I just wish there was somebody that would talk to me and share how I can have hope. And our, our missionary says, Lord, I just want the opportunity today to share the truth with someone. And the man starts sobbing. Lord, please, will somebody just share the gospel with me? And our missionary says, Lord, is this the man you want me to talk to today? That's how many people view this. We get fear of rejection or embarrassment, labeled as some fanatical Christian, not, not liked anymore, or you're the radical at work, or you're the radical that lives down the street, right? Well, they had that same fear in the first century that we have today. So here's, the, here's my point. When I say this, we laugh because all of us have experienced that knot in our throat when we go to share the gospel with somebody. Well, how do we overcome that? How do we overcome that? Here's how you overcome it. Number one, you have the Holy Spirit and you're being led by the Holy Spirit. I think we have a perfect example in Peter. In Peter, in Matthew chapter 26, we see Peter make this declaration that he would never leave Jesus. I'm never going to leave you. And I, I put the scripture up there. For the sake of time, I'm not going to read through it all. I encourage you to write it down today and go back and read it. But he makes this declaration that he says, I'm never going to leave you. I won't run. Even if everybody else leaves God, I'm not going to. And then a few verses down in verse 69, we see that Peter denies Jesus. And he runs. But then we see the same guy. Later on in life, in Acts chapter 4, have this boldness about him. When he preaches a sermon. And, and one of the verses I want to highlight, it says in Acts 4.13, it says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished and they had recognized that they had been with Jesus. They, were, they couldn't have believed how bold Peter was in sharing the truth of who Jesus was. What had happened to Peter? What had happened to Peter between Matthew chapter 26 and Acts chapter 4 when he's now preaching sermons? Well, here's the answer. In Acts chapter 2, you know what happens to Peter? He's filled with the Holy Spirit. He's now filled with the Holy Spirit. 
Now instead of Peter being controlled by his own desires and fears, he's now being controlled by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is now working. So when we're out sharing the truth, when we're engaged with missions, who's doing the work? Are we doing the work? Who's doing the cutting? No, the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is at work. You're led now by the Holy Spirit. You have the same thing that Peter had living inside of you. You have the creator of the universe living inside of you working. Well, now it brings up another question, though. Okay, Jeff, that's great, but how do I, how do I know that I'm led by the Holy Spirit? Let's start off. we got to go back to the first here. It starts off by having a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. If you don't have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, then you don't have the Holy Spirit. You're, you're going to be derailed. How do you have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? Believe in Him. Romans 10, 9, and 10. Just a few verses before the ones I just read. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised from the dead, you will be saved. With the heart one believes and is justified. With the mouth one confesses and is saved. So it starts there. In order to be controlled by the Holy Spirit, be led by the Holy Spirit, you have to have the Holy Spirit. You can't have the Holy Spirit by your own works, by your own merit. You trust in what Jesus did for you on the cross. You believe in him. You confess that and you receive the Holy Spirit. The second thing is now I, I need to examine myself, examine God's word. I need to have daily examination, spending time in prayer every day, studying God's word every single day. I need to know what God's word says. There's so many times, brothers and sisters, that the only time people open their Bible was when they walk through the doors of the church. If that's you, you're malnourished. You're malnourished as a follower of Christ. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the truth. Why do you think we stress, and one of the missions we support, Brother Terry, is the Gideons, because what is it doing? It's getting God's word in people's hands. Why do you think, Sierra, in our children's department, we push over and over to our children to learn God's word, to memorize God's word, to be engaged in Bible drill? Why? Because it's training them. It's training Listen, I was in the Marine Corps Reserves, but when I was in boot camp, boot camp is 13 weeks long. And, and there's this saying about Marines. They say, the deadliest thing in the world is a Marine and his rifle, is what they say. Well, you know what, you know what we do in boot camp? For a whole week, a whole week leading up to actually shooting a rifle, we dry fire for a whole week. You know what dry firing is where you don't have a round in the chamber? You sit there and practice and practice and practice and get yelled at and practice and practice until you actually lead up. And, and they have all these acronyms for how to shoot. One is called brass, breathe, relax, aim, slack, squeeze. It teaches you how to shoot a rifle and to be accurate with it. it it's practice. Guys, we have to practice the same way with God's word. We have to ingest it. And talk about it. And pray about it. That's how you practice. You read it. You talk about it. You talk about it amongst each other. You memorize it. 
so that when you pick it up, it's just like that rifle in your hands and you can take it apart blindfolded, right? That's why we stress that. We spend time in the study of God's word. How do you be led by the Holy Spirit? Well, here's another thing. You confess your sin. You get the junk out of your life that you let in. Confession of sin is a lifelong thing. It's not just when I'm confessing my sin to God to be saved. It's that every single person in this room still has a sin nature. Whether you've been a Christian for a hundred years or a month, you have a sin nature. And we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. We have a sin nature, and so when we sin, we have to confess. And listen, when we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He cleanses us. Confession should be a weekly thing, a daily thing, an hourly thing for some like me. It should be something that's on our heart we're confessing. Now, most of the time when we confess, it looks like this. Lord, forgive me for all my sins today. Amen. But what does real confession look like? It means confessing to God. 2 Samuel 12, 13 says this. David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said to David, the Lord has put away your sin. You shall not die. David took his sin serious. When he sinned, he took it serious. Led by the Holy Spirit means you don't allow junk into your life that you know is junk. And when you're confronted with that junk by the Holy Spirit, you, you confess it to God. You know what confession is? Agreeing with God about the sin. It's not trying to hide it. It's confessing it and saying, God, I agree with you that this is wrong in my life. And I want to confess it to you and I want to get it out. And then you know what? There's the third, fourth thing. Then you repent of that. You turn from it. You agree with God and you turn from it. It's more than just I'm sorry. It's proof. It's talking about David confessing. We just talked about that. And we look at his repentance as found in Psalms 51. I encourage you to read that. It's an amazing chapter. But David commits one of the most horrible sins we can read about in Scripture. And I'm not bashing David here. Because if my life was laid out in Scripture for everyone to see, they would look at me and say the same thing. Okay? But this is what God says about David. Because he confesses and repents. And he keeps turning back to God. In Acts 13 it says, And when he had removed him, he raised up David to be their king. And of whom he testified, it said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart, who will do all my will. When we are being led by the Holy Spirit, we confess our sin, we turn from our sin, and we turn to God. If we're being led by the Holy Spirit, we're not going to run away. All right, here's the second thing. All right, so I want to get involved with local missions. I want to be engaged. I just don't want to be somebody that writes the check. We need the check, okay? Right? They need the check. We had to buy the Bibles. But that's not it. It's more than that. I want to be a mouthpiece for you, God, in, in my workplace, in my family. Well, I need to pray about this. I need to, I need to earnestly pray. Psalms, that, that, Lord, don't make me fearful. God, let me be an example for you. David says this in Psalms 34.4. He says, I sought the Lord, and he answered me and delivered me. From all my fears. He delivered him from all his fears. One of my favorite stories in scripture, one that Ryan and Abby, me talked about this morning, discipleship and Cody, was Paul and Silas. Paul and Silas cast out a demon. They're serving the Lord. This, this 
girl who was possessed by a demon follows them around. And Paul, and she's shouting as they're walking, These men have come to proclaim the way of salvation. And she does this day after day, and finally Paul's like, Ugh, enough of this. Even though it's a right message, right? I mean, she's sharing who they are. He turns around, he says, In the name of the Lord Jesus, I command you to come out of her. And the demon comes out, and this, this girl was being used. She was a slave. She was being used by her owners to tell fortunes and to make money. Well, these owners are now upset. So they have Paul and Silas thrown into prison. They're in prison, in the inner dungeon, Scripture tells us. And they're in the inner dungeon. It's in Acts 16. They had done a good thing for a slave girl, and they're thrown into prison. They're beaten and they're possibly going to be executed. They have every reason to be scared. But what do we see them doing? In Acts 16, verse 25, it says about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. What happens if you finish the story? There's an earthquake. The Philippian jailer is about ready to commit suicide because he knows if any of these prisoners leave, what's going to happen? It's my hide. So he says, it's certain death. So he commits su- he's about ready to commit suicide. And Paul and Silas say, no, no, don't do that. We're all here. I'm paraphrasing, but read this later, okay? He says, we're all here. We haven't gone anywhere. And the jailer falls down. He says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? So even though these guys have every right to be scared... They are put in a mission field. Where was their mission field that night? In that prison. You know, I emailed Greg Hartman. Greg Hartman served on our worship team up here. Right? He had a case pending that didn't go his way. Right? Very awesome Christian man. He got sent to prison. He's not going to get out until next year. You know what Greg did? I love the attitude, man. I love it. You know what Greg did? He's in prison right now, but he started. They didn't have a worship team in prison. So guess what Greg Hartman did? He wrote Wes and me and said, Hey, can I get a copy of the church worship book? Can we get a copy of that? So Wes had a worship book made and sent to prison. Guess who's leading the worship team in prison now? Greg Hartman. So where's his mission field right now? There. That's what I've tried to keep encouraging him. You just keep serving right where you're at. You keep serving the Lord right where you're at. Pray. Be in prayer. And then what happens? You're you're leaning led by the Holy Spirit. God opens your mission field. For Paul and Silas, we have an amazing example. of They had every reason to be pouting and be scared. And they weren't. Because they were being led by the Holy Spirit. Third thing here. You're not alone. You're not alone. Just saying... This morning, out of Psalms 23, right? Here's the verse. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. Guys, we have to realize we're not alone. We're not alone in this. When you go to share the gospel with somebody, you're not alone. It's not you doing it. When you're trying to minister to your neighbor, it's not you. You're not alone. God's with you. You have the Holy Spirit. What is your purpose? Romans chapter 8 says that. 31 through 39. That's exactly what it says. It says there's nothing in all creation that's going to remove my love for you. 
You're not alone. He has you here for a reason, for a purpose. He has you at your job for a reason. He has you living at your house right now in your neighborhood for a reason. It's to share the truth with a lost and dying world. What's the purpose for your job? Well, mine is to sell first aid and safety supplies. Well, that's the earthly goal. That's the earthly job, right? But the eternal purpose is to minister to those that I come in contact with. When I have people that will say, hey, will you pray for me? That I can share the truth with, uh, with them about who Christ is. To minister to them, to share the gospel with them. That's our purpose of why we're at our jobs. Yes, we have to provide for our families. That's a biblical principle. But we also should be the example of Christ everywhere we go. When we go to work, who are we serving? We're serving God. We're serving Him. Our attitude should be that when we go to work, we work as we're working for the Lord, not for men. Ephesians chapter 6. And then what starts to happen? It makes your work, man, worthwhile. You know, no matter what you're doing then, you're excited to go to work because you're serving the Lord Jesus. Man, that's exciting to get out of bed every day on Monday. How many of you are excited to go to your job on Monday? Be honest, no hands better go up, right? Well, hopefully we can think about that in a different way. That we're serving the Lord. He's given us an opportunity. Here's the fourth thing. I got five. I'm going through them as quick as I can. We have so much fear of mistakes. I'm going to mess something up. I'm going to say something wrong. You know what the biggest mistake is? It's to say nothing. The biggest mistake is to not say anything at all. God will use your witness even if you make a mistake. He's going to bless the obedience of trying. Now listen, if you make a mistake and somebody challenges you and you can't answer those questions, guess what you need to do? Dig in. Find some answers. Let's do some, let's do some Christian apologetics, which is what we're doing on Wednesday nights up here at 645. Right? We learn how to defend the faith, defend what we believe. But he uses that obedience. Listen, and the big thing we have to understand is, can you save them? No. Paul addresses that when Paul says, I would do, I'm paraphrasing him, he says, I would do anything for my, for my brothers that are Jews to be saved. He even says, give up his own salvation. Paul can't do that. You can't do that. You can't be saved for somebody. All you can do is share the truth with them. And when you open your mouth, you pray that God use this to bring growth. We have to plant seeds. Listen, God does his best work despite us. I'll be honest with you, there's times when I stand behind the pulpit, I think, man, I hit a real home run today. That was really good. And there's absolutely nothing. And then there's times when I get done preaching, I think, man, that was horrible. <laughs> I relayed that. That was atrocious. And God uses it in people. And they come up and they're like, hey, I, I needed to hear this today. And I want to talk to you about this. And it's awesome. And, and I'm like, that makes no sense. Because I think I stumbled over my words and I didn't relay anything correctly. Right? I'll ask my kids, my wife, our elders, hey, how was the sermon? They have a running joke in the family. They say, the best one yet, Dad. <laughs> the best one yet, Dad. <laughs> kids, I wonder how many great preachers in this world there are. Probably one less than you think there are, Dad. 
It's just the truth, right? Sometimes we think that. In all seriousness, though, it's not about us. It's not about us. So don't be afraid of messing something up. Because it's not about you anyway. And it's not about me. It's about the Lord Jesus. Now, I say all that to, we have to have a game plan. You got to be prepared. Like, you don't just walk into something. Like, I mean, I like sports, right? I like football. Every coach has a game plan. You put a plan together before you try to get the goal, right? God gives us a game plan in Scripture. We've shared this. I've shared this over and over. I want to share it again. What's the outline? Well, you have to talk to their conscience. Everybody has a conscience that tells them right from wrong. Romans chapter 1 verses 18 through 20 says that. The knowledge of who God is is instinctively put in everyone's heart. They know that it's wrong to lie and to steal and to cheat. Why? Because God's law has been written on their heart. So you have to talk to their inner conscience. You have to point to God's law. You have to show them using God's law. When you share the gospel with somebody, they have to understand that they haven't kept God's law. That they've lied. They've maybe stolen. Jesus took the sin of adultery. Even if you've never committed the physical act of adultery, Jesus says if you've looked at someone with lust, you've committed adultery with them in your heart. Maybe you've never murdered somebody. I hope you haven't. But I guarantee about everybody in this room have been so angry at somebody at one time in their life that they've said, man, I just wish that person was dead. And if you've done that, you've murdered them in your heart is what Jesus said. So we have to realize that we're all sinners. That we've broken God's law. What, what, what does he say about this? Romans 3.19, he says, Now we know that whatever the law speaks, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law come, comes knowledge of sin. So you use God's law... To show them that they violated God's law. And and because they violated God's law, there's a punishment for that. There is a punishment for that. There's a judgment. Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death. 1 Corinthians 6.19 and 20 says, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. So they have a problem. The problem is sin. And they have broken God's law. You have broken God's law and are under judgment. All of us have. And I make sure that I relate to people. Look, I'm not judging you. I'm in the same boat. I've lied. I've stolen. I've broken God's law. Now, when they understand that, when they understand that they have a big problem and it's sin, now you share the good news with them. When they're humble before God and they understand, I have a big problem, it's sin, that's when you point people to the cross. God did something amazing for us. What is it? 2,000 years ago, God became flesh. He lived a perfect life in the person of Jesus Christ. And he went to the cross, and he suffered, and he paid for our sins. He died, and he rose again, defeating death. So even though you're guilty, you can be let free, because 
he already paid your fine. He already took your punishment. Man. And you ask him, do you know how to partake in that salvation? You repent of your sin. You agree with God about your sin. You understand your sin has violated a holy God and you believe that Jesus died for you. You put your faith and trust in what Jesus did on the cross for salvation. You point them to the truth of the Bible and encourage them to get right with God. To think about what you've talked about. You know, when I get done sharing the gospel with somebody, we had the opportunity to this week. I was thankful for that opportunity. Wednesday night after church, got to drive a gentleman home, and I was glad to share the truth of the gospel with him Wednesday night. Me and Max did on the way home. You know what I didn't do after I got into sharing the gospel with him? I didn't ask him to say some prayer. I asked him if he had a Bible. I said, you got a Bible? And he said, no. And I said, well, I need to try to dig underneath my seat and get one. And then Max said, hey, you got the internet, you got a phone, you got a Bible right there. And I said, that's a good point, Max. Read tonight. You sit down before you go to bed and you think about what we've talked about. You open God's word. You read it. You think about what we've just talked about. Eternity, friends, is the most important thing. Salvation is the most important thing. My favorite verse, what does it profit a man? If you gain the whole world, lose your own soul. There's nothing else as important as sharing the gospel message. Your mission field is right out in front of you. Right when you walk out these doors. I want you to think about what would happen with the kingdom. What would happen with the kingdom if everybody in this room shared the gospel with one person this year? Think about what would happen for the kingdom if every one of my brothers and sisters in Marshfield shared the gospel with somebody this year. Think about what would happen for our country if every Christian in our country shared the gospel with one person this year. I'm saying share the gospel with somebody this week, even if they did it one time in a year. Think about what would happen for the kingdom if we discipled one person every year, church. Man. Now, here's, here's the review. Don't be scared. Don't have fear. Have the Holy Spirit. If you have the Holy Spirit, be led by that. Are you being led by the Holy Spirit? Pray about the opportunity that you have for your mission field. Pray about that. Listen, parents, I haven't addressed this today, but it's important. Our first mission field starts at home. I've told you guys before that I'm failing as a father. As a husband, if I worry about your salvation and I worry about your growth in Christ, but I don't my own kids. My first mission field is in our homes. It's important. We're not alone. You're not alone. God's with you. He's never going to leave you or forsake you. Don't be worried about making mistakes. It's him who does the work. It's him who is working. Take yourself out of the equation. Remove yourself out of the equation. We're not as important as we think we are. God is. God is. But I also need to prepare myself. I need to study God's word. I need to have a plan on how I'm going to share God's word, the truth of that. I need to have that memorized. I need to study it. 
So when somebody asks me a question, I can answer them. I can make a defense for the hope that is in me. I point them. Listen, I don't point, I don't point people to Crossbridge Baptist Church. I love our church body. I love my church brothers and sisters. I don't point them to Crossbridge. I point them to the cross of Christ. Now listen, you know what happens when you, when you point to the cross of Christ? Then they plug in with the local body of believers. All that comes. I don't care how many people we have in the services every Sunday. Right? It's great having a body of believers. The most important thing, guys, is that they are added to the kingdom. And when they're added to the kingdom, they be at, they'll be added to the local body to be discipled. I just don't invite somebody to church. Evangelism is not saying, well, our service times are at 10 a.m. Come talk to our pastor. That's not being a missionary. They can't do that in Africa, right? They can't do that in Thailand. Well, Crossbridge has services at 10 a.m. Catch a plane. No, they can't do that. You can't do that. you got to share the truth where you are. So my question is I close today. If I was doing an evaluation, I, hey, we should evaluate ourselves. We should evaluate everything in the church all the time. As far as missions go, as far as the outreaches that we do, like everything should always be up for evaluation. If you as a missionary today were up for an evaluation, how would you be scored? If your number one priority is being a missionary for the Lord Jesus Christ, how would you be scored? How many people did you share the truth with for this week, this year? Listen to me. This is, this is the truth. If you know this from front to cover, but you don't share it with somebody that's lost, you're wrong. It don't matter how much you know this if you don't share it with somebody. You have got to use. In fact, as we grow and we become Christians longer, guess what should happen? We should be leading the charge of evangelism. Because we know the truth of Christ. This should change us. If you're evaluating yourself this morning, how many people have you shared the gospel with this year? How many people have you discipled this year? How many outreach ministries have you led? What have you done to further the kingdom? Listen, I'm not evaluating you. I want you to evaluate yourself with all honesty. Look, if you're not getting a, an A or a B, and let me say maybe even a C, because I, I wasn't awesome in school most of the time, you need, to, you need to change the direction of that. There needs to be some confession and repentance. And that's between you and God. That's between you and God. I'm going to ask our worship team to come this morning. Guys, our mission field's right here. Are you actively serving in your mission field right now? God has given you the truth. Are you using what he has given you? Are you using the gifts that God has given you? I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. Maybe you're here, you've been coming for a while, and you need to join this local body of believers. You need to tell people you're doing that. I ask you to come this morning. Maybe you need to come and just pray. You can pray where you're at. You don't need to come forward to pray. If you want to, you can. Let's pray. And, and if God, if the Holy Spirit's convicting you this morning, I, I pray that you, you, you uh, confess that. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord, this morning for your word. and. Thank you for Mission Sunday. I'm, I thank you for Terry and the Gideons and the amazing work that they do in putting 
your word out to a lost and dying world. And that's something our church is going to support, and I'm thankful for them. And uh, Lord, I'm thankful for our missionaries, not only ours that we're financially supporting, but all across the world, the ones that are out living in other countries sharing the truth of who you are. God, I pray for them as they are sacrificing everything for you. And I'm thankful for them. And Lord, we, we pray for them. We want to support our missionaries. Lord, we're missionaries right where we are. You've put us here for a reason. you put us our jobs for a reason. You've put us, planted us right where we are right now in this season of life for a reason. I pray, God, that we take that serious. That we don't just be dismissive of it. That we look outwardly, not inwardly. That our focus is always sharing the truth of who you are with the lost and dying world. God, we love you and we thank you. In your name I pray. Amen. They call him Jesus. He came to earth. He let forgive. He let him die. To buy my Cross that river, I'll find.
I'm going to ask Brother Terry if he would go back to the back, and he's going to have a Bible open. Here's, here's uh, the thing, guys. We obviously we love God's Word. We want to send God's Word out everywhere. The thing I love about the Gideons, these guys are businessmen. They aren't paid. 100% of the money goes to put Gospels and the Bible out all over the world. Uh, and so it's an important, important mission. Um, I never talk about money or giving or anything, but I, I ask you today, we have a generous, loving church Let's send him out as the biggest, the biggest offering they've ever collected for Gideon's. Let us let it be today to buy as many Bibles that we can send around the world. I want to close with this, uh, this today. I, I love doing discipleship. And one of the, one of the couples that uh, I'm doing discipleship now with on Wednesday nights is, is Johnny and Bobby Brooks. And I don't think they're with us today. At least I didn't see them. They're gone today. But um, one of the things he told me when he started coming to this church is he said... You know, Johnny owns a hardwood flooring, does hardwood floors, does an amazing job with hardwood floors. He's in the construction business. And he said, one of our, one of our members here, I'm going to talk about him this morning, uh, Jody has been in the construction business for a long, long time, uh, Jody Bunch. And, and uh, Johnny said, you know, when you get around construction sites, you know, people curse all the time and they talk filthy. And he said, Jody was never like that. And Jody would wear... Bible verses on his shirt, and he was always completely different. And I just, we, we, we just always wondered what was up with Jody. And then Jody would come in, and he'd be doing construction on a, on, a, on a house, and there'd be all these other guys around cursing, and Jody start sharing the truth of Christ with them, and he'd set an example, 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 and he said, I would never hear anybody say another cuss word because of Jody's impact at work. Guys, that's what I'm talking about this morning. When you leave here, it's going and making a difference for the kingdom wherever he has you placed. Wherever that's at a, in the business world, behind a desk, at the bank, or in the construction world, or wherever that is, that's taking the truth. Guess who's a member of our church now, and I'm going through disciple with? Johnny Brooks and his wife. 
Why? Not because of me, but because of our members going out and taking their mission field serious. I should have used that example in, in the sermon. That's what I'm talking about. And so uh, I'm going to really pick on him this morning, and I'm going to ask him to close us in prayer this morning. Here's, here's the benediction. It's 1 Corinthians 6.10. It's the verse after the one I read earlier. It says, And such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, and you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and the Spirit of our God. So you used to be full of sin, and now you're filled with the Holy Spirit, and you're justified in the name of the Lord Jesus. So your life's different. I'm sure if Jody was to share his testimony, he could tell you that there was a point in his life where he didn't act like that at work. He was one of the guys that was cussing along with him, right? And God changed him, and now he's using him. It's our example today. Close us in prayer, brother. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you for this day, God. We thank you for this time that we were all able to to get together, God, and just just learn a little more about serving you, God. We we thank you for um, for the Gideons coming, God. Thank you for the sacrifices they make, God, away from their families and away from their loved ones, just to share your word, God. I um I just thank you, God, for always being with us, God. I thank you for for 